In the fall of uh, 1978, I walked into a church here in Fort Collins, and I was confused, and I was angry, and I was bitter, and I was broken, and I was drug dependent. And I heard someone preach and talk about the love of Jesus, and that if I would receive him into my life, that he could change my life. And I left that church. It was First Christian Church, 608 East Drake. It's now, uh, we built a building. It was at Drake and LeMay. And then now it's uh, Drake Road Christian Church again. And I left that church and I looked up and I said, Jesus, if you're real, will you come into my life? Nothing theological, nothing profound, just incredibly needy, seeking, and sincere. And then every time the doors of the church were open, I was there. The pastors would tell you that oftentimes I was there before they were there. I found a hope and a joy and a peace in my life that I had never known. And I was hungry. I was hungry to get more of this. And I remember after about a month or a month and a half, I went up to the pastors and I said, I think I'm being called to ministry. And I had no idea what that meant. And so I was instructed that I needed to meet with a gentleman by the name of Mike Stevens. Some of you remember Mike or know Mike. And they had an open counseling time. And I went down to Mike and I said, Mike, uh, you don't know me. My name's Jeff and uh, here's what happened to me. And I said, I feel I'm being called to ministry. Can you help me? And he said, well, there's a lot of things you need to go through. He got me involved in the youth ministry. And then actually that church had uh, was kind of the mega church of the late 70s and they were training up pastors to uh, either take over churches or start churches. And uh, by the miraculous hand of God, I became the very first intern of First Christian Church. About a year later, they found out I'd only been a believer a couple of months. And they said, if we would have known that, you would never have been even thought of or selected. So early on, I saw God's grace on my life. But at that moment, the spiritual calling of God began to be developing in me. And I've entitled the message today, You Have a Supernatural Calling. Now, whether you're younger or you're more mature, you have a supernatural calling. Let's pray. Father, we're here today for a purpose. To be encouraged. To be inspired. To connect with you. To connect with one another. And to learn. We're never too old to learn. You want to teach each of us something today. You want each of us to leave with something. So we open our hearts. We ask, Lord, that you would teach us the one thing you want us to know today. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been invited to do something or to participate in something? I'm sure that that uh, invitation could be described as a calling. It might be a job or a club or an association or a cause. Throughout life, we have opportunities that come our way to do something, participate in something. Have you been invited by God or called by God to do something? It's an important question to ask and answer today. 
Have you been called by God to do something? See, if God calls, we need to answer. It's dangerous and improper to ignore God when he's calling. In all reality, every Christian has been called to do something for God. Please listen to me. No one in here is insignificant to God or insignificant to God's plan on planet Earth. He has a plan for your life. He has something he wants you to do. He's given you a calling. Do you know what your calling is? Do you know what God wants you to do? My friends, that's probably the most important question to ask and answer in your life. Why are you here? Why do you exist? It's because God has a calling on your life. God has something He wants you to do for Him. I'm going to invite you this morning to open your Bibles, if you have them, to Ephesians chapter 3. If you don't, you can just look on. And uh, for those of you who aren't aware, we're doing a six-month study in the book of Ephesians. If you've been around my ministry for a while, you know I do a lot of topical things that I believe are very relevant and helpful for us to live a joy-filled life right now. But there are times that I think we just need to take one book of the Bible and take a look at it. Uh, A little while back, we looked at the book of Philippians, and now we're in the book of Ephesians. We'll be doing this uh, through the summer and into the fall, and I absolutely love this book of the Bible. Matter of fact, if you look at my Bible, I underline everything, but probably there are more things underlined and starred and circled in Ephesians than any other book. I love this book of the Bible, and if I could pray anything for you, that you would love the book of Ephesians. If you don't, haven't been reading your Bible or you've been discouraged or you don't know where to read in your Bible, I'd encourage you to pick up and start reading in the book of Ephesians. It's that significant. It's that important. It's a book filled with truth and wisdom and inspiration. And I don't know about you, I need those three things. I need truth, I need wisdom, and I need inspiration. And so the book of Ephesians is classic and it's wonderful. So we're now at uh, the beginning of the third chapter. And I wanted to read to you verses 1 through 7, and then there's some points we'll ponder in that regard. Ephesians 3, verse 1. For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if indeed you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to you for me, to given to me for you, how by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it now has been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body on partakers of the same promise in Christ through the gospel." of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. And you say, okay, Jeff, that sounds real nice. What does that mean to me? I believe the first and foremost it means is you have a supernatural calling on your life from God. And I see seven different points to ponder here that we can look at today, and unfortunately or uh, unusually, they all start with the letter P. 
So hopefully you'll be able to remember that. Again, my friends, what has God called you to do? Are you simply to survive and exist and just make your life what you want it to be? Why are you here? Jerry, good to see you today. Betty, good to see you today. Amen. You can say hi to Jerry and Betty. Seven points to ponder. Number one, the perspective of your calling. The perspective of your calling. Please notice what Paul says in verse 1. He says, I, Paul, the prisoner, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, it is true that at this particular time in the writing, Paul was actually in prison in Rome. But I think Paul had a deeper, uh, a broader meaning to this than just his physical being a prisoner in Rome. I believe Paul saw his perspective of his calling. He was a prisoner of Christ Jesus. When we think of a prisoner, we usually think that is negative and limited. But in this case, it's a positive and it's very honoring. Actually, the Greek word for prisoner here means to be chained to or to be connected to. It's the English word legament. How many of you have any legaments in your body? You know what they do? They connect each other. And what Paul was saying, his perspective of his calling is, I am a prisoner. I am chained to the plan of God. I'm connected to the plan of God. How many times in my life, short and long term, I've said, I just want to do my own thing. You know, the Lord hijacked me, 1978, called me into ministry. And I've been doing that work for a long time. And sometimes I just say, you know what, I want to go do my own thing. I don't want to have to care for anybody but Jeff. Be selfish and and do whatever I want to do. And whenever I start doing that, somehow I can drift off a little bit, but I'm still connected to the plan of God. I'm still chained to the calling He put on my life. And I'm never comfortable. I'm never happy. I'm never satisfied. Because I'm not here for me. I'm here for Him. I'm here for others. I told you my life plan, my life vision statement is to honor God and to love and serve people. I can't get away from that because I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask you today, are you a prisoner? Is that the perspective you have of your life and as a Christian that you are a prisoner? You're chained to and connected to a legament to the calling of God on your life? Whether you're young or middle-aged or older, you have a supernatural calling on your life. Two, the purpose of your calling. The purpose of your calling. Paul expresses he is a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Do you see it there in verse 1? For you Gentiles. His calling had a clear target. A clear goal. He was to minister to the Gentiles. He was not confused on who God, who he believed God wanted him to reach and minister to. In your calling, do you know the purpose? Do you know the people? Do you know who you're called to? Do you know who you're to reach out to and touch? You know, I spent eight years here at First Christian Church as a youth pastor. 
And then through a variety of things, I sensed that call was lifting, and I began to pray, God, where do you want me? And through a variety of circumstances, I was called to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. It was my first pastorate. Kathy and I went down there. She was pregnant with our son, Kyle. Uh, it was a great, great uh, first church. I, I say I had, the, I had the best first church experience. Those people loved on us and encouraged us. And today, some of our best friends are still in Oklahoma City. And I was down there, and we went from a storefront. We bought a building. We grew. And uh, it was just a wonderful experience. And then, not that I wanted to, I began to sense my call was changing again. And I was called then to lead an international organization out of Cincinnati called Christ Church Fellowship. And we had, uh, where our main focus was to pastor pastors uh, here domestically and, and build up and consult with churches. And then we had work in seven foreign countries. That was my calling. So we moved to Cincinnati, three small babies, and I was gone six or seven months of the year because I was called to a specific group of people, a specific ministry. I understood my purpose at that time. And then a little while longer, I was there about four and a half years, and then I moved back to Fort Collins, and I, won't, I don't have time to tell you the whole story, and we've been back here since 1999. But the point is, do you know the purpose of your calling and the people of your calling? It's amazing that we can go through life and we don't necessarily know that we have a supernatural calling, and we don't know who we're called to or the purpose of our calling. Why are you here? Why do you exist? God has a plan and a purpose for you, and it's to a specific people. And if you don't know who it is, you might start, maybe it's for your neighbors. Maybe it's for your coworkers or your clients or your employees. I like, I've got a friend by the name of Rod Wilson. Rod's not here today. He usually sits over here with Kirk. and He's moving into a new neighborhood, and, and he's already laid out to me, not because I asked him. He just began to tell me his plan on how he's going to go ahead and, and reach out and touch his neighborhood. He understands he's a prisoner uh, of the Lord and his calling, and his calling is to reach his neighbors. Monty Knoble and I had a chance to meet. We've done that a couple times and met downtown, and I've really enjoyed that. If you don't know Monty and Deborah, just wonderful people. I've known them a long time. Just glad you guys are uh, hanging out with us. And Monty's been a real inspiration to me. And we walked to a place called uh, Harbinger Coffee the other day. And it's down at Mulberry and Mason. Is that there? And we walked in, and Monty had been there a few times. And he introduced me to the owner. And I could, I could sense something. I told you that, Monty, that there was a calling there. There's something there that you have for that person. So he's got a supernatural calling, and I think he knows some of the people that he's to minister to. The Alpha Center, some of you who serve at the Alpha Center, you, you have a spiritual calling to help the people who, who maybe have an unwanted pregnancy, or they're dealing with venereal disease, or they're trying to uh, change their life in, in regard to sexual purity. Or maybe one of the things, if you, if you didn't enjoy yesterday the Eternal Brothers cooking out here, Bill, you weren't here. I knew you were in a wedding, but did the Eternal Brothers, where's Cody here? And, and Sage. Those guys have a supernatural calling, and they know who they're supposed to minister to. The homeless, the down and out, to come here and serve us. What's your calling? What's the purpose of your calling? Who are you to serve? 
There's a purpose in your supernatural calling, my friend. Three, the provision of your calling. If you look at there, it says in verse 2, if indeed you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God that was given to me for you, it was grace. The provision of your calling is grace. We've already talked a lot about grace in the book of Ephesians, but here it is again. Grace is that which enables us and equips us to know God, to have an authentic and viable relationship with Him, and to fulfill the spiritual calling He has on our life. If you're a human being, you have a supernatural calling on your life. Do you know what it is? Who is it to? And do you know the provision is His grace, not your strength, your wisdom, or your charisma? It's His grace. Four, the personalization of your calling. Do you see it there in verse 3? How that by revelation He made known to me. By revelation. Paul was incredibly passionate to discern and discover his spiritual calling and so he was a man of deep prayer he searched the scriptures he was seeking the holy spirit he was looking for confirmation our callings are given to us by jesus not by a church not by some hierarchy not by some group or some seminary and no you haven't been Or or I don't give you your calling. This church doesn't give you your calling. Jesus gives you your calling. Do you know by revelation what your calling is? I don't have time to go over a lot of it, but I remember when I was in uh, Oklahoma City and I was pastoring our church. uh, We went from a storefront. We bought a building. uh, People were coming out of the woodwork. We became the kind of the the hot place to be, if you ever know, the people... go from church to church to church and and they go to the hot place we were the hot place and we were growing and things were good and all of a sudden i sensed that the call was changing and i really said no god i love these people Uh, i didn't uh like the geography of of oklahoma but i love the people of oklahoma and i'm boomer sooner there any sooners in here i guess not Okay, I loved Oklahoma athletics and all those things, but I sensed this different calling. And I was on a prayer retreat one day, and I'm reading in Psalm 89, and and I still remember today, and I was reading this particular scripture, and I'm going to go over all of it, and I sensed God said, no, I want you to be, I've called you to be the president of CCF. Now, I was the brand new guy on the national board, I was the youngest, I was the least educated and there's no, there was eight of us. And I'm thinking, there's no way. There's no way. And yet God put that in my heart. I knew that I knew that I knew. And there was other circumstances that I don't have time to tell you. So we, uh, uh, the, our past president resigned. I went to the meeting on which they were going to decide the new president. Uh, obviously, I had not been interviewed. Nobody had really believed it was me. I went there going, but God, I believe by revelation you told me this in the scriptures. And so I was dead silent. By the time we left, I was the new president of Christ Church Fellowship. I had a calling by revelation. Jesus gave it to me, and Jesus opened the door like he did at First Christian Church. If they knew I was uh, only a Christian a couple of months, I never would have been uh, selected. In Oklahoma City or in in Cincinnati, I was the youngest guy, newest member to the group, least educated. But God moved in such a miraculous way, and I think everybody was stunned. Nobody saw it. And I was still going, yeah, but I believe he spoke it to me by revelation. 
my friends, Jesus is alive. And he wants to give you his spiritual calling. But you've got to be in prayer. And he's not going to give it to somebody. He'll confirm it by other people. But he puts it in your heart. The purpose, and the last thing I want to say real quick of this, I'm running out of time. And then when I was to move back here to Fort Collins, I wanted to, but I was still traveling a lot. And I didn't know there had been other confirmations. And by chance, I was going on the western side of the interstate of Cincinnati and praying whether or not I'm supposed to move back here, what you're calling in my life. And, and I remember that you guys probably know who uh, wrote this song. But in the song it says, Go West, Young Man. Now, I know you've got to be careful because you get in cons. T- I've seen people go on all kinds of tangents and take things and, and move places and do things without confirmation. But then I said, well, God, was that confirmation? After a period of time, all the doors open. By revelation, you know your calling. What about the progression of your calling? It's right there in verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, but has now been revealed by the Spirit. The progression of your calling. In every era of human history, God's callings are unique and special for that time. Paul was called to minister to the Gentiles. If he would have had that calling 50 years earlier, 100 years earlier, 500 years earlier, the time wasn't ready. God makes everything beautiful in his time. There was a progression that God was doing. You and I live in a unique era, and we have to understand what our calling is now. We need to learn from the the past, but we need to be willing and courageous to do something new and, and to follow the calling of God and maybe into an unknown area. When I was thinking and praying this, two particular people came to mind. First, Robin. Hi, Robin. Hi, Kyle. Great to have you guys at the church. Good to see you yesterday. Robin wrote a book not too long ago, God Hates Abuse. I've been reading it about halfway through it. And she's taking up a cause for uh, many times uh, women who are in abusive relationships. That's a unique cause. And God's raising her up right now in this era through his progressive revelation of what he's doing for her to speak to that particular need. And then I have a, 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 my oldest son, Kyle, who lives in Dallas and has been in upper management of uh, Taco Bell and Chipotle. Uh, he's had a dream since he was a young boy. And even though he's had detours and struggles and all those things, he still has a unique calling on his life to, to win the lost in a really unusual way. And at first, I would say, no, just be corporate guy, make a lot of money. You know, then you won't have to ask dad for any cash. Dad could retire early. Just stay in the corporate world. After a while, I began to realize God's got a call in his life that's different than that. And so you know what I've been saying? Go for it. Go for it. It's not easy for a parent to say to a kid that's doing very well in his career, very good financially, say, hey, in a sense, just uh, step out into something unknown. That doesn't fit my wisdom. But in my heart of hearts, in his heart of hearts, I know he has a supernatural calling that's different and unique. Learn from the past. But I say, son, go for it. And I want to say that to some of you, even if you're young or middle-aged, some of you are older. I say, go for it. But Howard... A year ago, at what age, 80 years old maybe, approximately, 
leads our men's group. He'd never led a men's group before. Follow his example. 80 years old, he's just getting started. Instead of saying, oh, I'm retired, I'm all washed up, I can't do anything. Why not at 80 years old try something that's in your heart with your spiritual calling? Say, I don't care whether I'm 80 or I'm 8. I'm going to go for it. Go for it, Robin. Go for it, Kyle. Go for it, bud. Go for it, somebody. Why are you on the planet? You have a spiritual calling. And God needs you, wants you to get after it now. I thought I heard an amen. The power of your calling. Do you see that there in verse 7? Of which I became a minister according to the gift of God's grace given me by the effective working of His power. Do you see the word power there? Whose power is it? His power. How many of you know in and of yourself your power is very anemic? Weak and limited. And that's why pastors get burned out. That's why people get burned out. Because we have a calling and then we try to go fulfill it in our own strength. In our own energy. In our own ability. And then we get detoured. Then we get discouraged. Then we get burned out. And then we get disappointed. And then we get depressed. And we throw in the towel on God. And we throw in the towel on pastors. And we throw in the towel on church. It's His power. You have a supernatural calling. And to fulfill your supernatural calling, you need His supernatural power. With no disrespect, but you know my personality. I'm smiling. You see that, don't you? Christians in the church, we're in desperate need of a renewal and a revival of God's power. The Bible says... The kingdom of God is not about talk, it's about power. And in America, we've made it about talk, not about power. Jesus said, the very work that I did, you will do even greater things. By the grace of God, I've been able to see people healed. I've seen legs grow. I've seen demons cast out of people. I've seen all the stuff we read about in the New Testament that the average Christians never experienced. And I say to myself, where is that now? That somebody's sick and we can pray for them and they get better. Where somebody's got a broken relationship, they're ready to get divorced, and we counsel them, we pray for them, and they get healed. Folks, gosh, if it's in this book, it should be happening now. But it's us understanding our supernatural calling, the people we're called to, the provision of grace, the revelation that's come, the personalization, the progression of it. Then we operate in His power. Gosh, if it's just me up here yelling and screaming and spitting out of my own passion, we're in trouble. Big trouble. Amen. And my mom said amen. (laughs) But the reason I'm up here is I'm convinced and I believe with every ounce of energy in me that somewhere along the line, this is God's power. Otherwise, I might as well go play golf. But I'm chained. I'm a prisoner to Jesus Christ, to his calling. To you. I said to the people, who am I called to? To you, to this city, to pastors. I know the purpose of my calling right now is to be with you. To preach and to pastor and encourage and to motivate and challenge and inspire. And to say, come on, let's grow and let's go and let's make a difference while we're here. By His power. Amen? 
Dylan and the band, why don't you guys come back? And the last point today is the prayer of your calling. If you want to know your calling, you need to pray. And you need to pray again. And you need to pray some more. And then you need to keep praying. It doesn't come easily or overnight. It is a progression. My friends, if you want to know your calling, you need to pray. It's that easy. It's that simple. It's that difficult. And it's that challenging. You got to pray. God, help me understand your calling in my life. God, help me to be adequately equipped to fulfill your calling. God, help me be successful to fulfill your calling in my life. And have the passion to pray it and pray it and pray it and pray it. Until you understand your calling. And the people you're called to. And the provision of that calling which is grace. And that personalization that you know that you didn't get it from me or Joe down the block. You got it from Jesus. And the progression, it might not look like what's been before. Or what everybody else is doing. Step over the line. Get out of the boat. Go get it done. But make sure you're doing it in His power. And that all comes by prayer. The seven Ps today in Ephesians chapter 3, 1 through 7. You have a supernatural calling. Let's pray. you just take a moment the start of the message I said God wants to talk to you what did he just say to you because you know what I can dismiss you and you can run off and you can have a great day and, and you can lose this moment I just encourage you to say, God, help me to clarify, what did you just say to me? What did you want me to hear? What did you just reveal to me? Or Father, what do you want me to do? You have a supernatural calling. Do you know what it is? First and foremost, if you don't know Jesus Christ in that born again way, like Nick said, I, I really, to be honest with you, when I was in fall of 1978, I thought I was a Christian. My mom and dad had done a good job raising me in a good home and gone to church. But I'd never given my heart to Jesus. I'd never said, Jesus, come into my life. It was a head knowledge. It was religiosity. But it wasn't a born-again experience. If you're here today and you've never simply said, I need to repent of my ways. And I need to be chained to and connected 
to the plan of God through Jesus Christ, I need to become a Christian. If you've never done that, and you want, you feel that's what God's calling you to do today, to just raise your hand, I want to pray for you that you would do like I did. Leave that church, say, Jesus, if you're real, come into my life. I've never been the same. Yes, I still struggle with a variety of things, but I'm telling you, my life changed, not by my power, but by His. Is there anybody in here today, you just want to raise your hand and say, Jeff, will you pray for me? Man, whether you're 8 or uh, 28, 48, 68, Jeff, I, I need to ask Christ into my life for the very first time. Is there anybody here? Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody? Okay. As everybody's just in prayer, if you want me to pray for you so you can begin to discover and grow in your supernatural calling, if you could say here legitimately before God and me, I don't know what my spiritual calling is. May I invite you to raise your hand. And I want to pray for you. that You can start a journey right now. Raise it really high. Say, I want, I want to start learning. I want God to reveal to me why I'm on the planet, what my spiritual calling is. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to trust and believe that God's going to start answering that prayer. That you know the purpose of your calling. Who are the people you're supposed to minister to? Father, right now, I just pray in Jesus' name for everybody that's raised their hand. God, their heart is available and hungry and seeking. They want to know why they're on the planet, because they're going to meet you here one of these days soon. And you're going to say, how did you fulfill the calling that I placed on your life? Did you do what I wanted you to do? Did you reach the people I wanted you to reach? And so I pray for them right now that you'd fill them with your love and your mercy and your grace and your Holy Spirit. And you'd begin to help them discover their spiritual calling. They'd understand, God, they're prisoners for Jesus Christ for a specific group of people. Some individual people that they are to reach through your power and your grace. So right now, Lord, you've seen their heart. And I pray that you would bless them and help them to discover your spiritual calling on their life. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray and we all say amen. Stand on your feet. Let's close in worship today. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. All your ways are good, all your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone, higher than my life, higher than my life. I will trust in you alone. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay.
Bye-bye.